You're listening to nothing important. We were up 250 feet at one point. And, you know, that's the high plains up there. So unobstructed views in every direction. And I'm looking at electrical storms coming in maybe 50 miles away. Like you can see the lightning <laughs> coming across the plains. I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, hey, you know, we're a, we're on a freaking lightning rod, dudes. You know? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got time. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> Please enjoy the show. This is the Nothing Important Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is uh, Family Double Dare runner-up, Dave. Dave, how's it going today? I got slimed. <laughs> and Mark Summers' personal assistant, Jeff. Jeff, how's it going, bud? Uh, clean and sterile. Nice, nice. Dave and I also host the It's All Good Men podcast, which I think Jeff might be uh, joining us on this year. Um, and you can find that at itsallgoodman.com. And of course you can find nothing important at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. Both shows on iTunes. It helps us a lot. Yeah. Kind of an exciting day today for us in about, well, scheduled for three minutes, but we'll see how it goes. Mike Rowe is going to be calling into the show and I'm pretty excited to uh, chat with him for a bit, guys. Yeah. I can't wait to ask him what his dirtiest job is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if he actually is bald. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> well, that's great. We're, we're going to chat with Mike for about 15 minutes, and then, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, chat for a little bit about other things and get rocking and rolling. Uh, we're kind of starting off 2017 pretty strong, of course, recorded with Micro today. And over at It's All Good Man posted is... Our interview with uh, the legendary uh, Michael McKean, which I, I think went pretty well. It was hilarious because uh, it, it was one of those things where, like, uh, you, you could tell he's done so many interviews that he was just calling us because of our fans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was doing his but, fans a solid. Yeah. Right. But I still, th I still think you know I, it went pretty well, and he he was very insightful, and uh, you know, and then I think he went to see Star Wars after he chatted with us. Yeah. Too bad we didn't talk afterwards because I went and saw Star Wars. Did you? So did I, I. I, I still am maintaining a 36-year streak of uh, never seeing a single Star Wars. Aren't <laughs> you just proud? Well, well, the thing is, it's not even like I have any real opposition to it. You know what I mean? Like, th from everything I like, you would think that'd be right up my alley. <laughs> but yeah. Just kind of. Honestly, for some reason, not really. You don't think so? I don't think you're into uh, epic space battles. No. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I'm I'm like into <laughs> sci-fi and nerdy stuff. Like the the I I think what happened is is just like it for whatever reason. Like I just never, as I was younger, just never saw them. Mm -hmm. You know, saw the original three, and then uh, so it wasn't a big deal to me when I had the opportunity to see the second three. And now that I've made it this far. Uh, I think it's probably something I would probably watch if it was on TV. You know, I'd probably stop and watch it, but I don't have any real emotional connection to it. So there, there's no real drive for me to be to to be like, oh, man, I should go watch that movie, especially since it's such a part of um, 
pop culture that I could probably tell you what happens in every Star Wars movie, and I get every Star Wars reference, even though I've never seen a Star Wars anything. Right. Yeah, so you have a unique experience possible of the uh, an adult experiment. You know, do you watch which ones do you watch first? Which trilogy do you watch first? Do you watch it in yeah, chronological see, I, order or do you watch it in release order? See? And and this is how big it is in pop culture. I also know for a fact that there's some sort of fan regulated order where y- y- you watch them out of sequence but it makes the story more concise and make more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually it involves just leaving out the first one completely. Oh, uh, perfect. Or, sorry, well, episode 1. Not All right, gentlemen. Well, I believe this is Mike Rowe calling. Uh, one moment. All right, Jeff and Dave. Mike Rowe is on the Someone Important Hotline. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. Uh, congratulate Brian, first of all. He didn't hang up on me. It's a big day. <laughs> wow. We are amazed, actually. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm taking bows. It's taking all about bows. setting that bar uh, low. to manage expectations always (laughs) right so mike to continue the conversation before you called in uh what do you think is the preferred order to watch the star wars movies um you know i'm a sucker for chronology in all things uh an increased thread of sanity can always be found uh by going back and reconnecting with the number i'm sorry i'm breaking up on my end is anybody else breaking up yeah, we're we're breaking up as well. I call you on a cell phone because I'm calling you from a landline now. It's weird that that's <laughs> well, now it's clear that that that's, hasn't broken up in the last minute. Yeah, yeah. it's San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> clear. No, I mean I'm telling you, it really is. I live in in some weird little ionosphere, some weird little bubble, and all things electronic here uh, typically kind of crap the bed at some point in time. And um, huh. yeah, congratulations. To, that was it. Is it an Indian burial ground landing <laughs> alien landing site? Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all. <laughs> well, we don't have to we don't have to revisit uh your your order of Star Wars, but I, I think I got out of that that you you uh, enjoy watching things chrono- chronologically and therefore that's how you would watch it. I enjoy all things chronologically. Every single thing I do uh makes better sense to me. Uh, you, you start start at zero, go to one and proceed. No exceptions. Awesome. Well, Mike, uh, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show. As you can see, uh, we're big fans. And uh, I want to talk to you about several things. But first off, I kind of want to start with uh, your podcast. That's the way I heard it. Sure. Uh, First off, it's awesome. And I got to, um, uh, I got to, well, I guess my first question would be, who puts together the the stories that you feature on that show? Uh Oh. And we killed it again. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think we should go landline if that's possible. Well, I'm going to leave the landline and call you on a... Oh, uh, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so backwards. I'm in. I'll call you right back. <laughs> uh, all right. Sir. All right, here it comes. Right. Oh, that's awesome. hilarious. <laughs> all right, off to a good start. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the most anticipated interviews in a minute in. <laughs> guys we got mike Rowe back i'm like i'm back fantastic i'm back okay and let the record show i did not hang up on mike Rowe twice in twice. one no, show no 
<laughs> a record show that Mike's own limited technology and uh, whatever electronic bubble lives in is the culprit. <laughs> Scratch San Francisco off the list of places to relocate to. <laughs> Dude, trust me. <laughs> Do that. Um, so, be- <laughs> so before we had the little snafu, we were talking about uh, your podcast. That's the way I heard it. And I was wondering how uh, how you gathered the stories because they're they're all short stories and phenomenally uh, interesting. Well, the first key, you know, with any good idea, almost always is to steal it from someone. And um, I stole this from Paul Harvey. Yeah, I was yep. just going to ask you about that. That was yep. my follow up. <laughs> there you go. No, look, you guys know there 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 are no good ideas left. <laughs> in the world, or at least no original idea. Right. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid and, and really not so much of a kid, uh, Paul Harvey, he was like always there. He did the thing called the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were basically biographies, uh, and little history lessons wrapped in mystery. So, you know, I just remember so many times driving around in my crappy little car and, and listening to these things and getting to where I was going, but being unable to get out of the car until I heard the end of the story so I could know who the hell he'd been talking about. <laughs> and, yep. You know, so I just kind of thought last year, you know, the, the whole podcast world is, is pretty interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of people doing one and these two-hour shows, and I think that's great, but I didn't have time, and uh, most of the people I know don't have a ton of time to listen. So I thought, yeah, five-minute stories, if we can write them well and just find – it's not about finding interesting subjects. It's about finding something interesting that happened in their life because most people are not nearly as interesting as you think, but everybody mm-hmm. had something interesting happen to them. Yeah. So that's kind of the end. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Man, that was totally my follow-up. I was going to try to impress everybody with my knowledge of Paul Harvey, but I guess it really wouldn't be secret knowledge because the dude was infamously famous. <laughs> no, that's wonderful, but it's highly entertaining, and uh, anybody out there listening, you know, I encourage you to check it out because uh, once you start, you're starting season two soon, right? You had, you're had you actually doing seasons on the show. Well, you know what? I don't, I mean, I'm don't. i a TV guy, and so I don't know how podcasts really work, but we did 34 uh, tests like these little, you know, weekly things last year. And I really had no idea. I, I was just throwing them out there. But, uh, you know, people who know called back and said, hey, you know, 10 million people listen to this. You should do it again. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. I'm calling it season That's two, but I, I, don't, I don't know what it means. But, yeah, season <laughs> two, January 10th. For us, it's usually like we kind of ran out of time and had to take a little break. So to justify coming back, we just say, all right, new season. Let's do something a little different. <laughs> yeah, we're back. <laughs> Season 45. Well, you know what? It's funny. That's what they did with uh, with Dirty Jobs. And, you know, you'll see networks do this all the time. We uh, we probably shot, people always say, how many did you do? And and I say, well, we did 300 because we did 300 jobs. And in my head, that's the only thing that mattered. But mm. in the production company's head, you know, they was like, no, no, we did 179 episodes. In the in the network's head, it's like, no, we did eight and a half seasons. So, w- whatever. Uh, you know, it just comes down to the advertisers. They'll tell you how many you did. <laughs> Wherever the you know, money's that, coming from. That show, I, I believe, was such a phenomenal uh, success because while watching you uh, on it, it seemed like, well, one, you genuinely enjoyed the challenge, but uh, you, uh, especially with the MicroWorks Foundation and such, you seem to have a real affinity for, you know, trades. workers, you know, it, yeah, for trades. Absolutely. And I was wondering if, uh, 
if you can expound on that, like why why such the passion for trades? Not not that I disagree by any means, but you you seem really passionate about getting people involved. Well, I mean the the short answer is because I'm I'm screwed without them. Um, <laughs> you know, in a professional sense, you know my 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 business revolves around people who are willing to do the kinds of jobs that make civilized life possible. You know, mm-hmm. but on a personal level. Um, you know, it's funny, the TV's powerful, you know, and, and people watch that show, and the first thing they assume, because they see a guy in a ball cap with his sleeves rolled up doing work, that I'm some sort of uh, handyman or mm. apologist for Blue Collar America, and and the the bigger truth of all that is, is I'm just a fan. I am I'm in awe, as I always have been, of uh, people who, you know, wake up clean and come home dirty and somewhere along the course of their day fix a problem that I can't fix. And um, I, I think that probably came from my uh, my pops. You know, my, my granddad built the house I was built in without a blueprint. He, um, wow. he only went to the seventh grade, but he, he was a, a master electrician by the time he was 30 and a carpenter and a steam fitter and a pipe fitter and a mechanic and you know, he just had that chip in the back of his head that some people have that allow them to take a watch apart or a combustion engine and then put it back together. And and I can't do that. You know, the the gene is totally recessive in my case anyway. <laughs> so uh, really, dirty jobs started as a as a tribute to to him and guys like him. And uh, MicroWorks only happened, you know, five years into the show because uh, when the economy uh, went sideways in 2009, everybody I met on the show uh, was complaining about the same thing, which was uh, they couldn't find anybody to hire. There were help wanted signs all over the place, hmm. which was weird because, you know, the headlines were all talking about 11% unemployment and all the jobs were gone. Right. And mm-hmm. so, here, you know, here on Dirty Jobs, everywhere I go, people are hiring. And so it I just started thinking, you know, I think there's something else going on in the country. I think there's another narrative out there that nobody really talks about. And that's the existence of literally uh, millions of jobs that people aren't excited about doing. And it's not just Mm because they're dirty or crappy. It's really because they don't know about them and we just don't celebrate them. So that's a pretty windy answer to your two-part question. Uh, I did the show because my <laughs> grandfather was amazing, and I do microworks because without plumbers and electricians, uh, I'm kind of helpless. <laughs> that's okay. Windy answers are awesome because I got like 15 minutes to fill, so that's cool. <laughs> but <laughs> I, tot- I totally, I totally feel where you're coming from, though, because uh, previous to my current profession, uh, I was a hotel general manager, like running Marriott-level hotels and such, and. Um, I, uh, all of us, all three of us uh, on this show, we have a couple buddies who construct cell phone towers. <laughs> like they, that's uh-huh. what they do all day is climb and twist bolts on cell phone towers and lay the foundations. And I'll go out for beers with them, and I just keep asking them about their their job. They think my my job at the time as a hotel manager was interesting. I'm like, yeah, but dude, like <laughs> you're like climbing towers and stuff. Like I wish I could do that because if my wife asked me to like you know put a new door handle on the door i'm calling them to be like dude could you come over and tighten these screws because i'm just (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah a couple things um you know the last dirty jobs we did was a cell phone tower uh profile up in uh dickinson north dakota and 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 you're right those guys are just cut out of a completely different cloth 
I mean, we were up 250 feet at one point. And, you know, that's the high plains up there. So unobstructed views in every direction. And I'm looking at electrical storms coming in maybe 50 miles away. Like you can see the lightning <laughs> coming across the plains. I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, hey, you know, we're a, we're on a freaking lightning rod, dudes. You know? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got time. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> it's a totally uh, different mindset. And the, and the really interesting thing, you know, you would think, you know, what's a coal miner have in common with a, uh, uh, with, with a cell phone tower worker or with a, you know, a skull cleaner or with, you know, a roughneck or a roustabout. And, uh, and the answer is pretty funny because all those guys at, at, at some point, whenever I meet them, they all pull me aside and they say, Hey man, love your show. Watch this, watch that. But how in the hell did you ever do, you know, septic tank worker? And I tell them, and then I meet the septic tank work, and they say, hey, man, love your show, really fun, but how the hell did you ever do coal mining? And so everybody in their head has, you know, a list of things that they simply would never do. And uh, Dirty Jobs was kind of interesting because <laughs> in the aggregate, we touched on everybody's list. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Did you that's pick awesome. up any skills by being on all those shows? I mean, you said you're not handy. Well, but... I mean, I'm not. I'm not – utterly incompetent, uh, you know, but I, it doesn't come naturally or easy to me. That's the, uh, okay. that's the, that's the big, you know, anybody can get better at a trade. And so, so the next time I need to put a doorknob on my door, instead of call my friends, I can call Mike Rowe. Oh, you can call me. I'm not coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got my number now. You got both my numbers. Call me um, Turn the screw look, clockwise. Turn screw <laughs> clockwise. There you go. <laughs> well, it's funny if you like watch uh, watch do it yourself TV and, and FYI and you know there are all these networks and all these shows that like the whole underlying premise is hey you know you can do it yourself. Let us show you how. And my feeling has always been no no don't <laughs> don't do it yourself. Don't, <laughs> don't 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 put that ceiling fan in yourself. Don't don't do it. You know don't. Don't run cable. It's there. There are a thousand ways to die, and none of them are pleasant. And, <laughs> and that's why they're that's why they're experts out there. Call somebody who knows what they're doing. Awesome, awesome, uh, Mike. Before we let you go and all that good stuff, I believe Dave had a question he wanted to ask. Yeah, I was actually very intrigued about um, your transition from an opera singer into television. And there's like a brief story on your Wikipedia page. Doing my due diligence. And I was wondering if you could kind of uh, elaborate on that story because a lot of the people we talk to, we find very fascinating how they got their start in the industry. Well, for me, you know, I was 22 back in like 1984 and uh, I just graduated from college and I wanted to get in television and I couldn't get my union card. And uh, I'm talking about the Screen Actors Guild back in those days. Mm -hmm. You know, you couldn't you couldn't do union work unless you had a card, and you couldn't get your union card unless you had done union work. So it was kind of this weird, you know, I was just shut out of the industry. And I found a, a loophole, which basically involved the opera. They The opera was uh, overseen by uh, a guild called AGMA, the American Guild of Musical Artists. And if you could, uh, if you could get your AGMA card, you could buy your Screen Actors Guild card with huh. their sister unions, <laughs> right? Huh. So for me, 
uh, it was simpler to impersonate uh, an opera singer than it was. <laughs> so I, I, I learned an aria, the shortest one I could find from La Boheme. I memorized it after listening to it for like a week on, you know, a Walkman. And I, I went to an open audition and I sang this aria and they said that was, that was terrible. And I said, thank you. And they said, Look, that was, <laughs> you have kind of an interesting voice, you know, and I was, I was, I was young and I had a low voice and they had an opening and they said, look, let's, let's see how it works. So my, the whole idea was just to do one performance, get my union card, buy my other union card and leave. Cause I didn't know anything about opera, but mm -hmm. what ultimately happened was it turned out to be a lot more fun than I thought. Uh, the music was better than I thought. And, and I wound up digging it. Uh, there's also, you know, I don't know <clears throat> how much you know about opera, but there, my, my repertory company had uh, 80 people in it and, and 45 of them were, were women and 35 of them were guys. And of the 35 guys, um, 30 of them had uh, zero interest in 100% of the women. And, uh, <laughs> That's a great way to put that. Of the remaining five, you know, three were married. So it was, <laughs> it was me and another guy with a, with a mole on his uh, eyelid the size of my thumb with all this hair coming out of it, you know. And so I was basically the only, I was the only single straight guy um, in the opera chorus. And so, you know, for seven years, I, <laughs> I, I stuck around and, <laughs> and, and, you know, made new friends. It, was, with a, a, it was a play, kick. Playing with a stacked deck there. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, you, uh, you fish where the fish are, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, Mike, that's an absolutely awesome story. Thank you so much for coming on the Nothing Important Podcast. Uh, everybody out there, please make sure to uh, check out, that's the way I heard it, Mike Rose Podcast. And uh, Mike, if you have any upcoming projects or uh, your Twitter or anything you'd like to plug, like throw it out there, my friend. Well, Facebook is the place where I go these days. It's it's an absolute blast. I got 5 million friends there, and that's about the only, uh, you know, four or five times a week I go there just to kind of weigh in and see if we can keep the conversation lively. But it's been a... Uh, it's been a blast. New show coming up next year, but I'm not sure where it's going to air uh, this year, I mean. So I'll check back with you guys in a couple of months, but there's a ton of stuff going on. Cool. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you again in the future. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Rowe. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. All right, guys. That was uh, Mike Rowe. Super cool, chill, uh, down to earth, dude. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, very, very much like you you see him on television. Yeah, genuine, yeah, authentic. Yeah. Which is keep saying it. Anyone that's going to come on our show is probably going to be like that. And the successful people are usually the authentic people. So, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's just I love uh, great reassurance. Absolutely, and I, I I love that you asked him about the opera singer thing because I was curious about that uh, myself, and that's awesome that he that. That was his way in. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard this, I've heard this way before in. about yeah. people finding creative ways to get your SAG card because it's true. You have to have a gig to get the card. You have to have the card to get the gig. So people find these loopholes and stuff. And somebody had mentioned when I, I said, oh, we're talking to Mike Rowe. And they're like, oh, yeah, I heard he used to be an opera singer. My first thought was, well, with that voice, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, well, that's awesome. Um, all right, gentlemen. So uh, glad to talk to you. First uh, podcast of 2017. I hope everybody out there enjoyed our chat with uh, the the wonderful micro. Uh, you can find us at nothingimportantpodcast.com. You can also find us over at It's All Good Man, where we're starting off 2017 with Chuck McGill himself, Michael McKean. So please make sure to check that out. Make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, share on uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. Dave, you can stop recording. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.